podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. So hello there and welcome back to a brand new episode of the DNF1 F1 podcast, the show where we talk all of the latest news, gossip and events in the world of Formula One and we relay that back to you for your listening or viewing pleasure, depending of course on which platform you choose to follow us on. And guys, I hope you are doing well. I hope you're feeling good and enjoying this little bit of an interlude that we have in the F1 season, our first one of the season before we get back racing next weekend. But F1 have announced some big news, which I think is definitely worth discussing in a bit more depth and detail. And of course, it could potentially help shift the landscape of what F1 could become in years to come, at least as far as uh, a circuit planning is concerned. Now, of course, there's no secret as what we're talking about. We're talking about the race in Las Vegas. Last night, F1 announced, or say last night, the night before, as this comes out on Friday, I should mention, F1 announced that we're going to be having a race at Las Vegas. Now, this is not much of a secret. I think a lot of us knew that F1 were planning, uh, whilst Liberty Media were in the sport, to have a flagship race at Las Vegas on the Strip. They finally got it done. It's finally been announced and it's going to be on the calendar for 2023. It, it's been mooted that it's possibly going to be in November around Thanksgiving. Apparently people have been rumoured and it's going to be on a Saturday night race as well, which is certainly going to be interesting from a European fan's perspective. We're not very used to seeing races in the early hours of a Sunday morning or uh, an extremely late night race. Most of the time we're used to the Sunday afternoon Grand Prix with an occasional evening race when we to- when we go to South America and a few other places like that. So certainly plenty to be talking about. And of course, with this new race being announced, there's a lot of uh, circuit congestion or calendar congestion for the F1 calendar as it is. We're certainly going to be looking forward to getting into the finer details of what this could mean for the future of the F1 calendar. Now, joining me on this episode to go into this detail a little bit more intrinsically is my colleague and DNF1 team member, Lee Wallington. So, Lee, first of all, glad to have you on board once again to discuss this topic. Um, What did you make of the news of the Las Vegas Grand Prix? Is it one that you're going to be looking forward to? Is it one that... uh, you were surprised to actually finally see get it done. I mean, I'm not surprised because obviously it's been rumoured in the F1 community. It's, this, this announcement was coming for probably a couple of years now with Liberty Media um, leading on that. Um, it probably would have happened earlier if it wasn't for COVID that probably slowed down the discussions and negotiations. Um, however, I'm personally not excited about it. Um, I don't know about yourself, Adam. Um, I mean, it's going to be interesting. I mean, one thing's for sure, F1 stag parties are going to start to get a little bit more interesting. I mean, is that not a thing? I mean, That probably will now be a thing. I mean, someone <laughs> needs to let me know. Maybe it's something that you would do with your mates if you're going to Europe or, you know, something like that for a bit of a lads weekend on a stag party and you just happen to catch an F1 race at the same time. I'm sure there's a niche for that. But when you combine Formula One and Las Vegas in the same sentence... The first thing that comes to my mind is stag party. So, you know, if you've got a group of F1 mates and you happen to be getting married uh, in the near future, perhaps around 2023 time, there you go. There's an idea. There you go, Lee. You're engaged. There's an idea for a stag party in 2023. You can sh- go with all the boys. We'll go to Vegas. Why not? Catch an F1 race. It sounds like fun. 
Thank you, but I think there's other circuits I'd rather go and watch a race at personally. <laughs> It was Vegas, baby. Why not? Um, but look, but look. Uh, I, I mean, yeah, I can understand why some fans, mostly European fans, I think it's fair to say, aren't as um, excited or doing backflips like I think a lot of people in the US are, and that's absolutely fine. You know, I think for us, there's a certain heritage with Formula One that you know European races have a certain pedigree to, and I think America has offered a lot to Formula One and motorsport in general, and it's making a huge return, mostly owing to you know the growing interest in America the, that Drive to Survive in particular has played a part in, and and also you know other successful ventures of American interest in Formula One, and of course America has a rich pedigree in the sport as well. So I, I think that's just the modern way. Uh, a modern route that F1 is going and of course with the American owners Liberty Media it was always going to be a number one priority for them to try and drive more interest in the American market and I feel like this is the way to do it so I don't really have a problem with having a third American race and bear in mind America's a huge country it's almost like a continent in its own right and um, you know I apologize if it sounds like I'm butchering it but I think there's room when you compare America, the size of America and the landmass and the interest in it to what Europe has as a continent. Um, there's a lot of similarities to it, you know, it is. And so I feel like there's going to be that genuine interest. And I don't blame F1 or Liberty Media for trying to cash in on that and generate interest. And I don't know, it, it feels like a sport as glitzy and glamorous as F1 perhaps should have a race in somewhere like Las Vegas. It seems like a natural fit. So we're, we're certainly going to be getting that whether the race delivers or not. And whether the track is exciting and we get lots of overtaking or it's an incredible race to watch, that will remain to be seen. Um, just just looking at the circuit map, and for those of you that haven't seen it, um, you'll be relieved to know that we're not going to be going back to Caesars Palace car park as we did in the 80s and 81 and 82. So we're going to be having, uh, from what I've seen in the track layout, there's 14 turns, 3.8 miles, top speeds expected to hit around 212 miles per hour on the two kilometer back straight going through the Vegas Strip, which is going to be covering some of the iconic landmarks, hotels and casinos. So it's going to be quite interesting. There was a few videos of the uh, the Red Bull a few years ago, Lee, when they were driving around America going across the Strip. So it's going to be in that particular region. Um, ha- have you had a look at the circuit map yet? Yeah, and if so, well, what did you think of it? Does it give you some level of encouragement that it might be an interesting race? Um, I have seen the second map. Um, firstly, it reminded me a lot of the Azerbaijan Grand Prix in Baku. Mm. Very grid-based, a long back straight, I don't, I don't know how to say grid-based, well, of right-angle corners. That's what I meant by the, the grid-based. Um, well, maybe left-handed corners as well, but, you know, 90-degree um, corners, that's a better um, description of the angles I was t- thinking about. Um, but yeah, so it's a, that was my first impression. However, Azerbaijan, surprisingly, does actually deliver interesting good races. However, my gut feeling is it's not going to deliver a good race, but I could be proven wrong. I was proven wrong about Azerbaijan. It just looks a very plain, long straight with um, a few angle corners. But yeah, that's just my first impression of the, uh, of the, uh, the plan to me. Well, that's always one of the um, drawbacks that you have with trying to plan a circuit on a street. On a street, really, you kind of are limited in a way to a lot of ninety-degree corners, and obviously, going within the confines of the road, you can't really make your own circuit there. Um, 
in a way that you can do with Albert Park in Melbourne, for example. I think that's one of the only street circuits where you, you can, in theory, make a reasonable you, race circuit you out of it. called the South Korean circuit. I can't remember the name of the circuit. Yes, we the one in, uh, was it Hanoi or... No, not Hanoi. Um, no, that's no, Vietnam. No. That's Vietnam. Sorry, that's the wrong yeah. country altogether. Uh, yeah, definitely not there. Um, um, it was oh, I'm trying to think. Is, 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 is was this Seoul? Yeah, maybe Seoul. But I don't think it was. Yeah, let us know, yeah. guys. I can't um, remember. It was that long ago. But I, I know but what you're kind of getting at with this one. Their, their plan initially was to build a circuit and then build a city around the circuit, so then they'll have a oh a yeah city um, a street Grand Prix. But it'd be an exciting Grand Prix because it's a designed. That's right, yeah. To be a street circuit. And then, but obviously we lost the Korean Grand Prix, but that's how you'd build a, a, a street circuit. You build the city around it. I mean, it makes it complete. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the, I mean, there's certainly a lot of space, uh, not space, a lot of space in Nevada, sort of around Las Vegas, uh, to sort of build your own circuit if you wanted to. But, uh, I mean, you try, I, I can't imagine how difficult it must have been to try and get a Grand Prix race in Las Vegas. I mean, the interest yeah. is always going to be there. Um, but it's one of those where you don't really want the city to pay for it too much. It almost has to pay for itself. And I think with a promotion that's going on with a circuit like this and the obvious interest to have a race at somewhere like Vegas, I think that is probably going to be how it's going to work. Um, I mean, we were looking at it and the circuit itself, I I think, yeah, I think Baku is a very good comparison to it. Um, a lot of emphasis on overtaking is certainly going to be across that two kilometre back straight um, between turn nine and 11. I think those are going to be the overtaking points that people are going to be interested in. Um, I think turn one and turn five, again, almost like 90 degree corners. I think they will provide some level of overtaking opportunity. And of course, with these new cars, that should be more encouraging. I think if we had the older generation of cars, it might not necessarily be as exciting. I think you'd be like, um, if you get anywhere near someone on the run into turn 11, like two kilometers straight, there's almost a guarantee that you're going to pass them. And that's not even including DRS in the mix as well. So um, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. I, I want to give it a chance. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's really going to matter whether we enjoy it or not. It's going to be there for a while. Apparently, it was a three-year deal. So uh, we'll just have to wait and see how it goes. But I, I'm genuinely excited and curious by um, just, you know, the excitement, what it entails and the glitz and glamour and everything else. It's going to be it's going to be something. It's, it's certainly going to be a show. And um, obviously, being in that European audience... It's going to be a very late show for us on a Saturday night or early Sunday morning because it's going to be on a Saturday. I think I read it was the 75th F1 race, if assuming we don't have anything in between, that doesn't take place on a Sunday. And that's quite a lot, all things considered. That's I mean, it's not 10% of all F1 races, but it's a sizable amount of races that we've had on the calendar that have actually, or in F1 history, that have not actually happened on a Sunday. So that was actually quite interesting to read up on. Um... I mean, this is going to be a big test for F1's resolve in the US, you know, to try and capitalise on their interest and demonstrate that they can have as many races as they are having in America. I don't know if three is going to be too many. I think we're certainly going to find out if that's going to be the case. Um, Greg Maffei, the uh, Liberty Media president and CEO, who was a huge orchestrator in getting this race signed off and getting it confirmed, he had a lot to say on this. And he was saying that, uh, you know, on the, on the interest of, uh, F1 in America saying our confidence in this unique opportunity is evident in our decision to assume the promoter role for the Las Vegas Grand Prix in partnership with Live Nation of course one of the big promoters for this event we could not be more excited to work with our local partners to create a marquee event the potential of Formula One has been well demonstrated over the last several seasons and the Las Vegas Grand Prix will only take it to the next level so um 
Yeah, I mean, what are you expecting? Are we expecting a, a carnival show or anything like what we'd expect to see in Vegas at F1? Or, uh, you know, what can F1 add to Vegas that it doesn't already have? Uh, what can F1 add to Vegas that it doesn't really have? Formula One cars. Yeah, I was going to say, don't <laughs> give me that one, Lee. Like, you know, give me a proper answer. Well, we, we, we know from the current um, US Grand Prix in Texas that they can host well those are the event organizers for um that grand prix can host a brilliant grand prix um and put on a massive show we know americans from other sports series know how to put on a show for um sports events so i fully expect being in las vegas they will try to make it the biggest and best formula one show in america and probably in the world, because they'll try and compete with Texas and Miami and go, look, ours is better because it's Vegas, baby. And it's that kind of um, bravado that I think will work. they'll put on a, a massive uh, entertainment show before and after like the venues themselves. And they obviously just hope that the race itself will be good. And then um, Las Vegas will be obviously a hosting, hopefully an exciting race. Well, this is it. And, um, you know, the more I think about it, the three venues in America where F1 are going, um, Vegas, Miami, and of course, Texas, where we've been for quite a while now, they all have their own sort of identity um, in terms of, you know, what they represent to the world as a city in their own right. And um, the races that are going to happen, I mean, of course, we've not seen a race in Miami yet. That's going to come in May. Um, but you already kind of get that sunny state vibe on the beaches, etc., on the street circuit there, something a bit like that. And then, of course, Vegas, you can have all the glitz and glamour. And then Texas is, well, Texas is Texas, really. You know, anyone that lives in Texas or knows Texas inside out will know exactly what I'm talking about and obviously how it is at the heart of motor racing and in particular how Formula One has definitely made a very, very comfortable and lucrative home in America through that. And of course, that has helped serve as a catalyst for other Grand Prix to expand in the US. So that's only a good thing. Mm -hmm. um, Stefano Domenicali had a lot to say on this one, the president and CEO of Formula One on this. This has obviously been an event that he would not have been too involved in. He sort of joined at the latter stages while most of the groundwork was already done by his predecessors. Um, he mentioned that this was going to be an incredible moment for Formula One that demonstrates the huge appeal and growth of our sport with a third race in the US. Las Vegas is a destination known around the world for its excitement, hospitality, thrills, and of course, the famous strip. There is no better place for Formula One to race than in the global entertainment capital of the world, and we cannot wait to be here next year. So a lot of positive noises coming out of F1. It's an event that they very much wanted to get on the calendar. It's now going to happen. Um, and again, Lee, that they cite how significant the interest of, um, you know, the US market, how critical it is to establish that they can have free races on the calendar. Um, and based on already the stuff that I was saying about how there were different identities to each different American circuit. Um, are we right in thinking that perhaps this could be a success or do you feel that perhaps F1 are running a bit too much before they can walk as if only perhaps just dip their toes into the uh, waters of the American market and uh, obviously they want to try and get as much out of it as they can, I guess. I, I think it's probably a bit too early considering we don't know how Miami's going to go, but I think the interest in the US has changed completely in the last few years, um, or the level of interest, I should say. Um, 
I think back to the, oh, the was it 2006 that famous Indianapolis moment with the six cars on the grid was it 2006 yeah that's the one oh no no 2006 um, no 2005 wasn't it because it was the one was yeah because it was like the oh. only race that michael won that year wasn't it because the ferrari was terrible and obviously yeah. you know didn't really um, count but <laughs> but what the, the the thank you for the correction the, the point i was trying to make is back then well it's 15 years ago or 17 years ago it was the interest wasn't that big indianapolis was um cancelled a few years after and then there's like, oh, we need a US Grand Prix to come back. And then obviously Austin stepped up. And it's like, will this be the home of the Grand and F1 in America? And it was, it's proven a success. And now we've got, as you said, Drive to Survive. It's just completely uh, reinvigorated the interest. And I think having two Grand Prix, three Grand Prix is, um, I think the appetite is there. Uh, I have a, a friend that actually lives in Las Vegas who also watches Formula One. Um, and the, the excitement in the, the local community, as he's described to me, it's just they're over the moon of having the Formula One come to Las Vegas. So I think there's a lot of appetite locally within the city and excitement for it to come. At least that's what I've been informed. And um, so, yeah, I think it will be a a, a good uh, event. Um, I just hope the racing is going to be exciting. Well, that's the most important thing. You know, it doesn't really matter. I mean, well, I say it doesn't really matter. Of course, we've just come from Saudi Arabia, which has presented its own issues for Formula One, which don't really sit well with a lot of people watching the sport for different reasons. But of course, you know, F1 takes F1 where it needs to go and they feel that they're trying to make an impact to some of these venues. And of course, it remains to be seen if that's going to be the case. But Las Vegas itself, um, it, it presents a very, very different issue. Now, I think... A lot of the problems that going to a third Grand Prix in the US um, in 2023 is going to create is it means that there's going to be more congestion in an otherwise very congested calendar. We had Stefano Domenicali already talking about the possibility of having 30 races on the F1 calendar. Now, I don't know if he was actually serious in that, but, you know, this is someone that's obviously saying that there's a lot of interest from a lot of other circuits. And I genuinely believe that to be the case and that they could if they wanted to in theory host 30 grand prix on the f1 calendar although that is very very impractical and controversial owing to the constraints it would have on the teams the personnel and you know it, i don't think fans really want to see that many races as well there can be sometimes too much of a good thing so it, i guess it kind of creates a problem um that i think some people saw and i don't necessarily think this is like just European fans having a moan saying, oh, here we go, another race in the US. Why are we having so many races in one country? Um, why not bring, you know, why not have a race in somewhere like Africa? Albeit, I think that's a fair point. I think YRF1 not looking to have a race in Africa right now. You know, they want to call it a world championship. That would be the place I would go. And I know a lot of people throw up Kyle Army in South Africa as, as the prime venue for that. Where is your head at, Lee, in terms of F1's current direction for uh, future Grand Prix, do you feel that perhaps they're more interested in trying to cash in on certain markets, or do you f and or perhaps in the process trying to alienate the European market that currently already exists and in a way is is still the core market in Formula One? Um, wh where is your head at with this one in terms of what's F1 direction? Do you think that they're doing the right thing, or do you feel that perhaps they should be focusing on some other areas as well to try and preserve that pedigree? Uh, and integrity of a world championship. 
Personally, I think it's probably the sl- they're doing the slightly wrong thing. Um, Formula One has always, always been about money speaks. At the end of the day, Formula One is a business and they need to make a profit and therefore increase profit margins, et cetera, et cetera. So going to tracks and countries that are willing to pay higher fees um, increases profit margin. Um, so kind of going towards countries like the in the, the Middle East, for example, that are willing to pay higher um, fees, that's why we've gone from having one race in, with Bahrain being the first race in the Middle East to we now have, well, last year we had four, if I'm correct, top of my head. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it yeah, was I'm four, just yeah. making sure I hadn't missed one. Um, so four. We, we did. It was it Saudi Arabia, Qatar, Abu Dhabi and Bahrain. Bahrain, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, that, so that's a massive improvement in a space of another 15 years from um, zero to four. And that's just down to the money um, aspect. So obviously the US being the, the number one economy in the world, obviously is a lot more money. It's going around if they can capture the market. So obviously Liberty Media, who are obviously the, the, the owning um, company for Formula One are interested in capturing a market, especially it is an, a, an American company as well. So it's they fully understand it better than the previous administration, Bernie Eccleston, who owned Formula One, being an old old boy European as well. So it doesn't completely understand the American market. So it does feel like Liberty Media has got this is a completely neglected part of the Formula One market that Formula just ignored because it. It just had no interest in going there. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if we, as you said, get more races in China because obviously the Chinese economy, and especially Guan Zhou, I've said his name correctly. If um, if he actually is successful in Formula One and he builds up a, a following fan base, then that's it. Well, you need to capture the, the Chinese market and develop that interest. So I wouldn't be surprised if he starts um, seeing more races coming from emerging markets that are offering the, the higher the higher buck um, basically yeah i don't think it's a bad thing that f1 are exploring newer markets i mean as you said growing up when we were watching formula one we, we were growing up it was a lot a lot of races were european and in a way that the largest um section of races in one continent is still the european one so it's not like yeah. it's a completely isolated yeah. market where they're just taking races away you know it's got to come from somewhere um F1 has always had interest in Asia because there's always been an interest in, in racing in those in those parts of the world and it still is maintained. Um, you know, so and it was only a couple of years ago that of course, because of the, you know, constraints of COVID, that most of the season was in Europe in that really strange season in 2020. So I can understand from both sides um where the concerns may be, you know, from their own perspective. I think it is important for Formula One to expand into the American region. I think it's a market, as you said, you know, back in the Bernie Eccleston days that he felt that obviously it was more work than it was worth, you know, and they had the race at Indianapolis for so many years, but it only generated so much interest. So I can understand why, uh, especially after 2005, whilst that started to fizzle out. And we're talking about a country that's had so much rich racing history, you know, with the Indy 500, you know, arguably the biggest racing event of the year. 
um, around the world. You've also got, you know, the NASCAR series. You've got the Indy Championship. Let's not forget that. Um, you know, and, and club car, all you know, so much that goes on. You know, and I'm sure American fans that listen to this will probably be naming a few more in the comments section. That's absolutely fine. So. I don't see any problem with F1 going down this avenue. I do think perhaps free races is probably the limit. I think, you know, anymore, and you think you're just going to start turning it into an American series, which, of course, I don't think is going to happen, but I think there is genuinely that fear from some fans in Europe that probably feel that that's the case. Um, and, and it's a world championship. F1 have to explore those avenues. But, of course, there are going to be some that face the cup because right now we're in a situation, Lee, where... Um, before the Russian Grand Prix was removed, we had 23 races on the calendar. We may still get a 23rd race. Um, there's been rumours saying that Qatar is the most likely ve uh, venue for that. Um, not necessarily Doha, which they planned for 2023, perhaps going back to the Lasali circuit that we had last season because we've got a World Cup uh, for football coming up at the end of 2022. So they can't really, you know, put a race in Doha at the moment at that time. So with that all being said, the maximum races, I believe, from the Concord Agreement is 24 for the current one. So we can't really be in a position where we can just keep adding races to the calendar. And F1 would find that rather impractical. It would be a nightmare for everybody logistically as well. They'd have, I mean, it wasn't long ago, a few years ago before COVID happened, that um, there was a, what was it, F1 released a, a, a news piece where they were actually plan putting a structure out of where we were going to go in certain parts of the season. We were going to go to America, we we're going to go to Europe, we we're going to go to uh, Asia and back to Europe or Africa and stuff like that. And obviously that, that got put to the wayside because of COVID. So we may end up returning to something like that in the future um, to ease things logistically. But I want to bring it back as well to Liberty Media on this because we're, uh, not long ago we were talking about what races have been introduced uh, since Liberty Media have come into Formula One. And I believe, unless I'm mistaken, there's about seven of them. And that is, uh, and, and it's kind of a mixed bag. I don't think the history of Liberty Media and what races they've put on the Formula One Canada has suggested that they have a direct path through. I just think it's when it needs must, they serve a certain purpose. So, for example, um, they brought back Zandvoort, which was a historic race, you know, a bit of nostalgia then. Of course, they were going to cash in on the Max Verstappen hype. And I don't see that circuit going anywhere anytime soon for that reason. You know, the world champion needs a home race. I think that's only fair. Um, and then, of course, uh, what was what was the other nostalgic race? I had this in my mind. Imola, that's it. Imola came back uh, a couple of years ago, you know, to be on the calendar help out during COVID. That's now become a permanent fixture on the calendar. More recently, we've had Saudi Arabia and Qatar, which have come in uh, during the plight of F1's financial crisis because of COVID, uh, where they lost up to £900 million in 2020. So... They needed to put those mega deals in, you know, those billion pound deals to try and keep F1 afloat and F1 going the way that it was. Um, it was really critical. So that's why we've got those races. And now we've got races in Miami and Las Vegas, which are going to be destination races like home races. And of course, places that you want to go like, uh, you know, in America, those kind of venues that you want to go to have a good time and catch an F1 race, stuff like that. So based on that history, um, and, and let's not forget Vietnam, which was a non-starter really, but we would have gone there a couple of years ago as well. Whilst we're saying that Liberty Media might not necessarily be focusing on uh, the world championship scene in terms of like other races in other areas like Africa and Kailami, for example, which I think a lot of us would want to see, it seems that they're chasing the markets. History would suggest so far that Liberty Media are sort of going in stages right now. 
So it's not necessarily mean that they're going to keep going for more races in America or chasing money venues, but they could be looking at expanding in other demographics as well. It's just a sort of process right now. Oh yeah, I completely agree. So they have a, obviously a long-term business plan where they want to take Formula One. If it is actually as uh, thirty races as mentioned um, previously, I wouldn't be surprised if that's their their goal. Um, obviously, more tracks, more money coming into the sport. Once again, higher profit margin. So, yeah, I'm sure that they've got the plan of where they want to expand that. But obviously, you do have untapped markets, and the untapped markets is where you get the greatest potential. Being an African race, but oh, probably more than one Africa probably wants more than one race as a continent. And um, so, there, there probably will be a lot more moving around of circuits in the years to come yeah i mean let me know guys if you know of other uh grade one circuits in africa that would obviously be interested in hosting f1 race i mean there's nothing that i can do about it. it's just more for my own curiosity because the only one that i've heard touted around is kailami in south africa but i'm pretty sure there are other places that you can go to i mean I've got the quote here, actually, what Stefano Domenicali was talking about with the first races. Um, I'll read it for the benefit of those of you that haven't heard it. But he said that um, that there is a big interest for new places um, or old places to be part of our calendar. And I think that they'll, uh, with no doubt, without any kind of limitation, that is correct to keep. There could be easily over 30 venues that we could do a deal with tomorrow, but we cannot go in this direction. So... You know, uh, we were saying earlier that 30 races would be insane. F1 obviously doesn't feel that 30 races is possible. It's just something that's been muted. But at the moment, we kind of end up in a situation where um, we've got 23 races. If you include um, all the races that currently exist and none of them were removed, if you add in Las Vegas and you add in... uh, You know, you add in the possibility of Qatar as well that's going to be coming in 2023 you've already gone over that 24 race limit uh, on the calendar. And that's, of course, with Russia being removed altogether. So you're already over that limit. And then not to mention, you've got a second Chinese race, which, as you mentioned already, is something that F1 are going to be looking to try and produce because of the influence of Zhou Guan Yu, the first Chinese driver in Formula 1. And that's a huge market that F1 have not really been able to tap into, despite having a Chinese Grand Prix on the Canada, I think, since, what, 2004? Um you know, so they are definitely going to want to cash in on that market as well. I mean, so and and they tried to do the same thing in India before that got pulled, but you never know; they might return there one day if possible. Um, so they're already there. That that's before you go any further, and you include, let's say, Kailami, for example, in Africa and China, a second Chinese race. You've got twenty-seven Grand Prix with Russia removed. Um, it's just not possible to get them all on. So unfortunately, that means that some races are going to face the chop at the moment. And that is quite a worrying time because I think a lot of us that, um, and again, this is probably a Eurocentric perspective that a lot of us F1 fans in that region that obviously hold a certain amount of prestige, heritage and pedigree to some circuits, there is a risk that some of them could face the chop. Um, I mean, what are your thoughts on that one, Lee? Is are you worried that that's where F1's direction is going to go, that rather than expand the calendar, they're going to look at chopping some races that have obviously held a, a previous heritage with F1? I reckon it's very likely that some European circuits will be given the chop. Um, not necessarily... It may even be some circuits that are very popular with fans will be given the chop as well. Um 
there's the MO1, the, the circuits that's coming up uh, this year to end their, their current contracts with Spa. Um, but Spa is such a popular circuit with a lot of fans. So if that was given the chop, that may be an unpopular decision with the fans, but it makes room. Obviously, there are other circuits that are given the chop. That's just a, a hypothetical situation. Well, you may see the rise of um, rotating circuits um, to give give some variety in the, the season, which I, I probably wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing some circuits rotating. Yeah, I feel like that's something that F1 are going to have to introduce. I mean, a lot of people said it's probably the best likely solution um, because they don't want to get rid of certain Grand Prix or fans don't want certain races to go, but you know, you, you may be forced into a position where they have to rotate to make sure that they've got the right amount of races on the calendar and that certain Grand Prix are not excluded completely. I mean, I was doing a little bit of research on this. And as I said, Belgium is one race at the moment that is currently out of contract. France, another one. And also the Mexican Grand Prix. So it could potentially be one, if not two of those races that are going to be bumped from the calendar as early as next season. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, for those of you that are concerned about this, the... From what I understand, there's not really been any indication that the Mexican Grand Prix is actually under threat. They've gone through a new business restructure recently. Um, and whilst they're looking to do a deal for 2022 on, onwards, they, you know, that nothing has been said that that's not going to be on the calendar. So I don't think the Mexican Grand Prix is seriously under threat, which leaves us with the likes of Belgium and France. And, and Lee, if I was a betting man right now, I think the first race that is going to be chopped or rotated is the French Grand Prix. You know, we've been there since 2018 at Paul Ricard. Um, there's been incredible logistic issues. I remember in 2018, the parking was so bad that a lot of fans missed a lot of the sessions that was going on. The racing itself was not that exciting. I could probably think of less than a handful of exciting moments that we've had at Paul Ricard since we've been there. Um, and most of them probably from last season. And I don't really see that changing. I don't really think the racing is going to get much better. So with all that being said... You know, with all due respect to our French followers or anyone that follows Formula One that likes the French Grand Prix, I just don't feel that there's going to be much of a future um, in the long run for uh, the French Grand Prix at Paul Ricard. Uh, what are your thoughts on that one? Do you agree with that? Or do you feel that perhaps uh, there's still a future left for that particular venue? Uh, I would have agreed with the lackluster racing at Paul Ricard. This being very boring races it's probably been up there with monaco regarding the one of the most boring races of the well, season that's another race that's under threat um, as well we should mention as well but yeah um so i'll let you get back to that in a second um but the paul paul ricardo and really the new regulations may make the racing exciting although i doubt <laughs> they'll be too exciting um at paul ricardo i mean personally as a french grand prix i'd much rather return to uh was it Maggie Coeur? Oh, I um, loved Magni Cores. That was a lot more interesting and entertaining to watch um, back in the end of the day. So I would much prefer to move back to that circuit personally. Um, but it's a it's a very wait and see how it goes this year um, with the new regulations. But I fully expect that there'll probably be some, there are other seats to have a holder race or there'll be some rotation. Yeah, I, I always like Magni Cores. I think the problem with Magni Cores now for modern Formula One is that the track is a bit too narrow. So I don't think it would work with modern Formula One cars. I mean, remember the older days, like F1 cars yeah. used to be as big as a toaster. 
um, and about as light as one as well. So, you know, that that was fine, but I think it's probably a bit too narrow for modern day F1. I mean, I say that, we still race at Imola, but Imola kind of works in that regard. Um, but yeah, as I was saying already, Monaco is a race now that is seriously underfed. I mean, and, and this is crazy because this is the Grand Prix venue that has always been the crown jewel of F1. It's always been the race that everybody's wanted to win. It's always had that high prestige. It's very rarely produced an incredibly exciting Grand Prix. I mean, people still talk about Senna Mansell in 92 of excitement. Um, you know, 2016, uh, was it 2016, 2018, I should mention, like with Hamilton and Verstappen um, and other races like that. But And 96, of course, with Alain Prost, uh, not Alain Prost, um, Olivier Panis in the Ligier in 1996 so there's only been a handful of races that have been actually really truly excited at Monaco and now Monaco after this season is not going to enjoy that paid race status it's now going to have to uh, put forward a hosting fee so F1 are now asking money for Monaco to host a Grand Prix and you know I mean this in the nicest way possible I just can't see how Monaco is going to prove to be a race that's going to fit with modern F1 you know, it's, it's, it has more pedigree than arguably any other venue on the calendar for obvious reasons. But at the same time, um, these cars are getting bigger. Monaco's not getting bigger with that. So it's almost it's almost going to be a point where the race could literally be won, if it isn't already, by qualifying. So, I mean, if Monaco was to be removed from the calendar, Lee, would you miss it? Would you be disappointed? Uh I mean, Monaco is a very sore subject, um, at least for me. Is I love watching the qualifying in Monaco because of the, obviously just the skill to go through that narrow track and the walls. It's just wonderful to watch, especially when you get a brilliant lap um, put together by one of the drivers. Um, the racing there is like, very boring. <laughs> <laughs> to be put, but unless it rains, the racing is not very entertaining. But still, to watch it because it's Monaco, or oh, the Formula One's in Monaco, this is great. Just wish it was more exciting. And even with the new regulations, I doubt Monaco is going to be exciting just because I don't think it's going to be still no easy for the drivers to overtake it around the, the confines of Monaco. So it will be a loss for the sport as a whole, being the, the history and the legacy with this losing such a circuit. But I think there's probably more entertaining races out there um, for, to to have um, for the fans to watch. So it is a very, um, yeah, as I said, sore spot regarding what to do with Monaco. Yeah, it's, it's always a tough one because I love the Monaco Grand Prix for the, the spectacle. But... I'll be lying to you if I told you I've enjoyed the show in anywhere near equal measure to it. Um, Sometimes, as I said, the excitement in Monaco can come from qualifying because that is where the guys are pushing to the absolute limit, getting as close to the walls as possible. And as we saw last season, Charles Leclerc, who was on pole position, although didn't start the race, pushed too much and he wasn't able to start the race as a result. So the pole position was completely pointless. Um it's so hard to defend having Monaco on the calendar if it has to bump up a fee um, for all the other reasons mentioned. I mean, Domenicali himself, he he said that, you know, the current crop of Grand Prix, plural, mind you, aren't safe 
and might not be on the calendar going forward. And pedigree alone and F1 heritage is not enough now to save a Grand Prix, whereas in the past it would be a no-brainer to have the Belgian Grand Prix on the calendar or the German Grand Prix on the calendar or the Monaco Grand Prix on the calendar, um, one of which is currently not on the calendar and we don't know when that's going to come back anytime soon. I can't see when the German Grand Prix is going to come back unless it becomes one of those races that, as you mentioned, Lee, that rotates every every other year on the calendar. Um and even in the past, we've had that with Germany, where we've had to rotate whether it's on the calendar or not and rotate between venues, between Hockenheim and the Nürburgring. So it's definitely getting to a point now where the landscape of F1 is changing because of these new races coming in, whether it be for um, for money, for destination, or to serve a current purpose like what Zandvoort does, where it's a race that no one would have even considered putting on the calendar 10 years ago. But now you've got the world champion in Max Verstappen who generates a huge fan base and interest in Holland and also the Belgian fans as well because he's part Belgian that is obviously something that F1 cannot ignore and have to facilitate to and then perhaps um in 10-15 years time when Max is no longer in F1 that may go away and they may not race at Zandvoort anymore so it's, it's all about fitting in with what F1 is currently going through the modern F1 if you like and that will always change in terms of the landscape so I mean, what are you talking about the Belgian Grand Prix before we move on to the like the final part, obviously? Um, Belgium is one that I think has the best chance of trying to keep itself on the calendar which, within their own control, but there's still a lot that needs to be done. I mean, Belgium has a history of it being a very dangerous circuit and sometimes being accused of being out of touch of Formula One, particularly with the Rouge Radion section, which has caused so many accidents. I mean, we saw last year in the rain that Lando Norris obviously had that big crash. He was okay. Recently, it took the life of Antoine Hubert in the F2 race a few years ago. And this is something that unfortunately we're not surprised to see in big accidents in that area. Since then, of course, uh, the Belgian Grand Prix organisers have gone for a massive redevelopment of that area to make it a bit more safer. That being said it's still more facilitated to the idea of bringing in MotoGP races there in the future, not necessarily catering to what Formula One wants, which is obviously a bit of a red flag in terms of wanting to try and preserve its F1 future. Um, But then, of course, you need the extra money that's going to come with hosting fees probably going up at venues to try and compete with each other to try and actually get a race on at their circuit year on year. The infrastructure... With all due respect to everyone at Spa, who I'm sure work really, really hard to put these races on as best as they can, I remember going there 20 years ago when I went to watch the Belgian Grand Prix back in 2001. I, From what I've heard, the infrastructure is around the circuit in the Arden Forest has not necessarily improved that much. It's still... Um, it's still one of those circuits that I think is not quite in touch with other circuit facilities in F1, which of course needs to be improved. And it's those kind of things that put it at risk. So... With all that being said, Lee, um, what do you think for the future of the Belgian Grand Prix? Is it now no longer able to enjoy that untouchable status that it perhaps once had? I think it would have been helpful if Max had chose to race under the Belgian flag and not the Dutch flag. And then we wouldn't be having this discussion about Spa. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's, that's true. Absolutely <laughs> right. I think they wouldn't have dared to have done it. I mean, of course, they would have you know, made sure they made the changes to make it more safer, but they wouldn't get rid of a Grand Prix of a driver of Max Verstappen's uh, calibre and interest from the fans, they wouldn't even dare to try and remove it. Um, Yeah, so sorry, I wanted to say that uh, lighthearted joke. But yeah, I I think with Spy, you're right that it's probably the most likely one out of the the potential circuits to get renewed regarding, obviously, the the historic circuits. 
Um, I think it's more likely than Monaco. Um, however, you, we may see it on a rotation. Um, one of the things I have seen in the past, although it's probably unlikely at the moment, is to rotate with Zandvoort. Um, just because obviously the proximity of uh, Belgium and the Netherlands. Um, they used to have a Max Verstappen Grand Prix either way, because even before we had Zandvoort, it was a, a Max Verstappen orange all around. Um, it was spa, Austria, so, wasn't it? And Austria as well. Yeah, and Austria. Yeah. So yeah, he, he had two uh, home Grand Prix. Um, so yeah, I think it's very um, unlikely Although I do agree that Spa has to invest in the infrastructure. And we know Formula One do sometimes make that conditions on renewing circuits to invest in the infrastructure, be it on the circuit, around the circuit, or even get into the circuit. There are um, demands. I think there, there was obviously is it the Brazilian Grand Prix. They obviously they, they had to look at upgrading their facilities. I know Monaco had to look at upgrading their facilities. Um, I don't know if that was a few years ago or that's coming. Um, it's funny about Brazil because it's one of those circuits into Lagos where they always talk about moving it from the F1 calendar and putting a racing Rio or somewhere else like that. And yet time and time again, I'm baffled as to why they'd want to put that race somewhere else i mean i can understand if they were thinking oh perhaps we don't need to have it on the calendar for safety reasons or because the interest isn't as good as it used to be but it always comes up with some exciting races and some i mean like what we saw last season which always seems to keep it on the calendar it's like it has to fight for its life every year and then it tends to deliver when it's on the ropes it's quite astounding i don't see many races like that to be honest when it's in that position yet they always seem to deliver yeah, um, I think with Interlagos, it's a well-designed circuit, um, which makes the races entertaining. The microclimate being where it's located obviously helps. And I think it's a lot of political um, posturing between Formula One and other cities. But I don't think they walk away just because of the size of the, the popularity of the Sao Paulo circuit with locals and international fans. Yeah, absolutely right. And um, I don't see any reason why that would change. But of course, as I said, there are going to be some more circuits now that we haven't even considered um, that could be under threat in the future. I mean, most circuits that have an option for 2022 onwards, um, they are going to be exercising that just to preserve their place on the calendar. But there could be some under serious threat in the future. I mean, in your mind, Lee, are there any races that still exist on the F1 calendar which still retain that untouchable status? there's probably two that are I would never say untouchable but are more likely to be towards the end of untouchable I don't think any circuit is safe anymore but I would have said it's Silverstone and Monza oh yeah I'd go as far as say that those are untouchable. Um, I don't I, think, I think they're untouchable. They still, I think they are I mean no, um, fair enough but I, I understand you, what you mean I, I just I, I don't you, know you recall a few years ago, obviously, there was the whole th- debacle about um, Silverstone, the British Grand Prix of Silverstone had been cancelled and it was moving further, was it further north to... Well, they wanted to go back to Donington, didn't they? Yeah, I was at Donington Park. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then obviously the circuit wasn't ready, so we went back to Silverstone. <laughs> yeah, that was always a bit silly. I mean, I can understand that. Um, I, and I think this was before the major upgrades that went on at Silverstone to sort yeah, of preserve it, it there. And it is the home of British racing. Um, you know, and obviously, you know, being British, having that British bias that we always 
tend to have on this show apparently um it, it's one of those that i just can't see why the, not just silverstone but the british grand prix would not be on the calendar and and again look I can absolutely understand that Britain is not the biggest fan base in Formula One. It isn't. You know, we've we already established in the past that Germany had the biggest fan base in F1 and look what happened to their circuit. But it's one of those that I just, I don't know, there's just so many things about the British Grand Prix, the, the calibre of British drivers coming through all the time and, you know, the interest in it that just makes it so special for f1 and it feels like the home of f1 and again look i i apologize if it comes across as i'm being biased on this one but i do feel that and a lot of people probably tell you people that aren't british that if you think of f1 and think of where its home lies the silverstone or the british grand prix is probably one of the places that you know that can lay a claim to that i think monza as well is another circuit i just think is absolutely untouchable i think if if we talk about the heritage of the british grand prix or, or silverstone monza's heritage outweighs almost every other with the exception of arguably Monaco to a degree as well I think F1's oldest race at Monza as well so um and obviously the strong connections with Ferrari which of course we've argued on the in the past on this podcast how significant Ferrari is to Formula One I think it's the only entity within a sport that you could argue to a degree is almost as big if not perhaps bigger than the sport in terms of what they offer and the magnitude of what they offer to the sport so I just can't see how the Italian Grand Prix at Monza would ever seriously be considered under threat you hear stories but i couldn't imagine an f1 season that doesn't have the british grand prix or the italian grand prix on there at all i just can't um but let us know guys other circuits that you think might be untouchable i think it's really only those two with all respect um you know belgium used to be one but i don't think that's the case anymore um before we round this off lee i'm gonna put an unpopular question to you are there any circuits other than the ones that we've already talked about that you feel f1 should look at potentially removing to make room for a few other ones and of course which other ones would you like to see introduced in its place well personally i would love don't not love the wrong too too strong emotion i would like for saudi arabia to be removed yeah fair enough um admittedly Qatar's new circuit next year uh, to where you see how it is but I wasn't I wasn't convinced with the the circuit plan personally um so I think those two were probably the um the circuits that I would said to remove the French Grand Prix I'll probably actually say to remove that as well um just because it's boring races historically um and i would i know it's probably more european centric so i do apologize to any of the fans we have outside of europe but we have great circuits of portamel i thoroughly enjoyed when we um we were at portamel istanbul park i thought i really enjoy istanbul park i love istanbul i Um, think it's one of my favorite circuits i'm not a big fan of portamel though i really not um, I I know what the interest and appeal of it is because yeah. of so close to the the sea of the Algarve and it kind of creates those strange conditions on circuit. I'm just not one over by it. I think it's a race that is more fun to watch in qualifying than a Grand Prix. Yeah, um, I would probably actually agree with you, but I, I actually enjoyed Portimao quite a bit when we had it <laughs> back. Um, 
It's just you want Actually, to see everyone I'm... sliding about, wasn't it? Yeah. You just enjoy so, the chaos, Lee. <laughs> oh, that, 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 that pit straight crash. Oh, that was hilarious. Oh, not, not the crash so much. It was uh, <laughs> just the cars sliding. You know, um, it's in that first sector where it sort of goes off bank and then it's like yeah. the one that sort of made people spin around. Like it was, it was just stuff like that, really. I think yeah. it was a couple of years ago where Carlos Sainz in the McLaren on the soft tyres ended up passing both Mercedes because they were yeah. on cold tyres and couldn't get them warmed up and everyone just went mad. And then a lap or two when the tyres warmed up, like... The status quo resumed, yeah, but yeah. resumed, but it was fun um, to watch. And then, uh, circuit-wise, I would actually like when the German Grand Prix come back. I do enjoy Hockenheim or Nurburgring. Although, c- condition on that, if Mick Schumacher's career t- kicks off, I think the Schumacher name will bring back the German fans and we'll have a German Grand Prix. Mm. For whatever re- reason, Vettel, Sebastian Vettel, Nick and Rosberg, the last German champions, didn't attract the German fan base same as Michael Schumacher and I think a Schumacher name will bring back those the fans back to have we have a circuit in Germany again yeah Um, yeah I think if Schumacher ends up in a big team which at this rate could posit you know the most likely destination is obviously Ferrari for his connections but if that does happen I think we will have a German Grand Prix um yeah yeah, definitely agree with that um and the last circuit would be Sepang I I actually really enjoyed Sepang um, I loved Sepang in Malaysia. I loved it. Yeah. Great circuit. And again, it was its own microclimate. It was absolute chaos yeah. sometimes there. You literally would have like 35 degree heat, then like, you know, showers going all over the place, not obviously storms and stuff like that, and then go back to the sun, and that's all in like half an hour. It's absolutely crazy stuff in there. It's literally the, the definition of a circuit to where to be on the right tyre at the right time, as uh, Ayrton Senna often said. Uh, yeah, I, I think a lot of those circuits, um, uh, they make a lot of sense. Um, I'm, as I said, I'm not the biggest fan of, of Portimao. I, I, I don't know. I think, it's, it's as I said, it's a MotoGP circuit. I'm not a big fan of it. The Lasali circuit was okay. I'm not quite sure what Doha is going to be, so I'm not really fussed about that. Saudi Arabia, yeah, I can agree. That one can get in the bin. Um, I, I've never, I'm not been a fan of that one. I think it's one of those that is hyped up a lot because of how fun it is to watch in qualifying and the DRS sections, as we saw at the last weekend's Grand Prix, but I think it's a bit too dangerous for modern Formula One. Um, and sometimes that can be a little bit uncomfortable to watch to a degree. Um, this one's going to make me unpopular with some fans. I'm not a big fan of Catalonia. I think that's a circuit. That's unpopular. Oh, uh, yeah, in, in your camp, it might be. But um, <laughs> look, look, don't get me wrong. I, I think there should be a Spanish Grand Prix on the calendar. I really do. But I don't think people can come at me and say, oh, well, Spain holds a pedigree because of his F1 history world champions. I said, well, yeah, but no more than somewhere like uh, America or Italy. I mean, I think I remember right. Italy, I think, only has one world champion in Ascari. Yeah. And, um, not Ascari, and, and, and is it Fangio as well? No, Fangio is Argentinian. Oh, of course he is. Oh, well, that's it. Adam's cancelled. <laughs> for some reason, I thought, I forget he's Argentinian. I always make that mistake with Fangio. Yeah, absolute fraud watch. Um, but yeah, they've had one world champion, Italy. You know, so... But it's not the same. You can't really make that argument for that logic. You know, with, with Spain, I just I think there should be a Grand Prix in Spain. I just don't think it should be at Catalonia. I think it's a boring race most years. I really do. We do get the odd exception. Um, don't get me wrong, but I just think it's a circuit that I just think is more of a test circuit. Um, and, and perhaps because it's a test circuit, um, you get the teams are so optimised with their setups on their cars to the points where it just becomes a bit of a procession. So I'm not really a big fan of that place. Um, what other circuits do I think um, 
could do with being rotated or getting the chop. Oh, it's a bit brutal, isn't it? I feel I feel like you've yeah. picked most of them, the ones that Sorry. Um, No, no, it's absolutely <laughs> fine. Um you know, absolutely fine. Uh I mean I wouldn't mind if they rotated Shanghai. Um and another I mean it's a good circuit don't get me wrong but if you I mean you want to have like different Chinese races fair enough but if they've got another good circuit in China I think they could rotate there to try and make a bit of room um as I said the Dutch Grand Prix is fine but it's only going to be there for as long as Max Verstappen is relevant in Formula One uh, I think the moment he leaves Formula One I think they'll look to get rid of it I'm sorry Dutch fans I know you love Max and don't get me wrong I I I, I love the atmosphere and I love the the Dutch I love the passion of the Dutch fans. I love what they've brought to Formula One. Um, but I just can't see a Dutch Grand Prix after Max Verstappen uh, leaves F1. If there is another one in the wings, fair enough. I'd like to see a race in Finland. That would be a cool place to go. There's a few tracks there in Finland. I've heard they're actually pretty decent. I'd like to see F1 go to there. Um, trying to think what else. What else could I think of? Um, I can't think of any other places I think I'd get rid of. I think I'd end up completely isolating all of our fan bases in one go by just saying what circuits I don't want to go to. So I'm going to leave it there, guys, and I'm going to leave it up to you in the comment section after uh, putting in Adam is a fraud in there for not remembering where Fangio is from. You know, that's an absolute cardinal sin for a veteran F1 fan. But let me know in the comment section what you think of the Las Vegas news. Are you excited to see America have another race in F1? Um, do you feel that perhaps that F1 are focusing too much on one particular market and rather should expand in other places around the world? What circuits would you like to see on the F1 calendar? And of course, what races do you want to see removed from the F1 calendar that are currently on there as well? Got to have a special mention for Kyle Army once again. I think that should be on there. You know, F1's got to go to Africa at some point. Why not there? You know, it's a great place. Why not go there? So um, let us know what you think. And as always, guys, if you have enjoyed this episode of the podcast, make sure to like, the video if you're watching this on youtube and consider subscribing to the channel and of course if you're following us on your favorite podcasting platform do consider following us and giving us a like on there if you are listening on apple Podcasts or itunes and you can give us a five star review please do consider giving us one if you do we'll give you a shout out on the next episode of the podcast as a little thank you for that as well but until next time where we'll be doing the uh the Australian Grand Prix review next week. I almost forget where we're going next. Uh, it's been a while since we've been to Melbourne, so forgive me on that one. But until next time, guys, stay safe. Please take care. And thank you so much for listening to the episode of the podcast. We will see you in the very next one. Take care. Podcast Network.